I thought I was lost, but then I realized I was on an adventure finding myself. Welcome back to Finding Myself. Today I have a fabulous guest on, uh, someone that I am so excited to talk to and really think she has some wonderful things to say and a fabulous perspective on where she is in life. So I want to introduce you to Emily Harmon. Hi Emily, how are you doing? Hi Meredith. I'm doing great. I'm really happy to be here on your podcast. I've been looking forward to it. Oh, good. I am so excited that we got connected. Um, so I want to just tell my listeners, because I've brought up the Don't Keep Your Day Job podcast and community group before, and we kind of got connected through that, but through a mutual friend. Right. Sam Kimberly. Yes. One of my former guests on the podcast. So I got to I got to talk to you cuz Sam has talked to me about your local don't keep your J job community. Tell me about it. Well, it just I'm not sure how we all came together, but you know Kathy Heller was promoting um, trying to get groups together, communities together all across the country to kind of be a support group to each other and our group start formed and there's been about five or six, maybe seven, that are consistently showing up to the Zoom calls every week. Wow. Every week. And Sam is one of them. And we encourage each other. Um, in fact, we help each other out. Like everyone has their own project, their own uh, passion that they're pursuing. Mine is, uh, one of mine is podcasting. One of the um, women in our group, Lisa Metzger, is a photographer. So she, I hired her to take my pictures for my podcast and my website. And then Dan Johnson is a musician. And if you listen to my podcast, his music, he let me use one of his songs in the beginning and the end of, his podca- of my podcast. So that's how we've kind of work together. I think it is a really special group. There's more stories than just that of how we work together. I think it is so great. The the Don't Keep Your Day Job larger community is full of people that are just so supportive, that are just there for you. Even if they don't know your creative outlet, they're there to cheer you on or give you suggestions. Or if they, kind of like you're talking about the photographer, have a component that you can use, you work with each other and support each other in your creative outlets. Right. We've been on each other's podcasts, too. A couple of others are podcasters. So, And the, really- the local communities are a nice part of this, where you feel like someone who's closer to you that you might see face-to-face, you know, can do those um those kind of share jobs with you um, is kind of neat and kind of fun. I'm I'm jealous because my area doesn't have currently an active group. We did, and then things have fallen apart a little bit. Yeah, I'm not sure how we melded together, but we did. We we did, and it's working out great. That's one of the things that I love about Facebook. I'm you know I think I'm you know part of the older generation where Facebook is still cool to me. Me too. Yeah. But there is so much community that can be fostered through Facebook, um, through the Facebook Lives, through just discussion. I have met people from 
all over the world and talked with them through, um, you know, Skype or Zoom. I've communicated back and forth. I've been able to support them and cheer them on, hear their stories. And to me, it's just broadened my horizons more. And I like to say vibe on high. You know, meeting these people inspires me to just reach for more and strive for more. So I think this Facebook community is is just a really great outlet. I like to talk about circles of positivity. And um, the don't keep your day job and people that I've met really are part of my circles of positivity. Yeah, no, I agree. And the community is when it's not just like for don't keep your day job, not just Kathy Heller posting, but everyone in that community is posting and lifting each other up. So you might have one leader that kind of got the community together, but the ideal community, everyone's helping each other out. But I think Facebook is really helpful. Here's just one example of how I was able to connect with somebody that's going to be on my podcast in the future. Um, I was on the internet researching how to put together like a little podcast one sheet where you advertise your podcast to other people. Okay. And I saw this one guy's one sheet and he, you know, just on the internet in um, images, and he was the last person to get off the plane of that flight in New York that Sully commanded that landed in the. So I reached, I saw his name, I reached out to him on Facebook, and he's going to be a guest. Wow. I interviewed him like on February 4th is when I interview him, but we've, so we've got it set up. But it's like, cool, that's how you can, it just makes the world so much smaller. And, you know, you might be a little intimidated to reach out to him, but he responded the next day. Yeah, I'd love to be on your podcast. So, and I, I think there's some of that that courage that comes from being part of that supportive group, and to say, "Hey, I'm going to try it." The worst they'll say is no, right? But I'm going to put myself out there and and try it. Right. Um, I was really excited when we connected. Um, I like looking at your resume. Everything that you've done in your life, in your professional life, in your personal life, like it's it's just inspiring. Um, and I'd, I'd love for you to kind of tell my audience about your background and, and please add in about your podcast too. Okay. So just a little bit about my background. I was a good basketball player in high school and I was looking for colleges to attend. I didn't really know that much about the military, but I ended up going to the Naval Academy I went to West Point for a weekend and it was cold and rainy and everyone was wearing gray. I'm like, I don't know about this place. The Naval Academy is in Annapolis and uh, it was nice and sunny. Everyone was, you know, out and about. There's a nice town right outside the gate. And I liked the basketball team. So I ended up going there because I wanted academics to be my number one focus, not just basketball. And I thought, well, if I ever get hurt, um, I'm not going to lose a scholarship. I'll still be able to get my education. And and it ended up that I did get hurt. I hurt my knee, my right knee, my tore my anterior cruciate ligament, my plebe year, mm-hmm. which is the freshman year of the Naval Academy. Uh, that was a very hard time. Your plebe year is hard enough. And then I was in a full-length plaster cast from wow. my total hip. I was in the hospital for five days. Now you're in and out in a day when you have that kind of a surgery. So overcoming that was challenging. But And I was in the sixth class of women to graduate from the Naval Academy. So... That was a pretty big deal. So all my life I've worked in a male-dominated work environment. I served seven years in the Navy. At the time, we were, women were very restricted on, on what we could do. I was able to serve on a ship, but back then we couldn't be SEALs or 
serve on a submarine or serve on an aircraft carrier. There's only certain kinds of ships. Um, so I, I, I did seven years active duty in the Navy, and then I went into the reserves, meaning I, I went to reserve duty one week in a month and two weeks out of the year. And I ended up retiring with 20 total years um, supporting the Navy that way in uniform. But when I ended up going to the reserves in 1991, I became a civilian working for the Navy. So even though I didn't know, I didn't make my choice to go to the Naval Academy based on wanting to serve in the Navy for my whole career, I ended up doing that. And um, I became a contracting officer. So I got to buy things like um, helicopters for the Navy and the Marine Corps. (laughs) Just buying some helicopters. (laughs) Yeah. Spending billions and billions of dollars, uh, taxpayer dollars. So I got to learn a lot about negotiating contracts. And then the last about uh, 15 years of my career, I was in the small business career field, which I did not want to go into. Mainly my job was helping small businesses figure out how to do business to support the Navy and the Marine Corps. You know, it's really easier. It's much easier for a large company like a Boeing or a Lockheed Martin to figure out how to do business with the Navy and the Marine Corps, but for a smaller company to figure out how to sell what they buy or who buys what they what they're trying to sell, it's very confusing. So, the federal government has small business professionals, and that was my job. And the last three years of of doing that, I did that for the Department of the Navy. So I was the most senior advisor to the Secretary of the Navy on on that kind of thing. And I led a, a team of small business professionals all across the country supporting the Department of the Navy, helping small businesses. That, when I moved from contracting to that job, it was not on my, that job was not on my top 1,000 list of jobs I wanted. I did not want it. Okay. Because I'm an introvert. It required public speaking. It required getting out and talking to people. It required putting on conferences, so many things that I didn't think I could do. And so one bit of advice to people when you're trying to find yourself, you got to step outside your comfort zone because that ended up being the best job I ever had. I loved it. I never thought I would. So um, I retired in May and that's when I started my podcast and my coaching and consulting business. And we can get into that a little bit more, but I coach individuals and I also could still do some consulting with small businesses, helping them figure figure things out. But um, I called my retirement a graduation. Right. So I was fortunate that I can retire at age fifty six. Still got lots more things, lots more things that I want to get accomplished in my life. Yes. Well, first I I have to say. Um, that thank you for your service for our country and everything that you did as an active member and as also you know civilian you know supporting everything that we were doing here to to help our country um, but also you know as you know I'm a school counselor so to see you you know making those decisions about going to college having the backup plan from being an athlete, like totally speaks to me and and what I counsel my students on, you know, looking at ways to have the education and the career, going to a male-dominated area as a female and kind of forging a path for the future. I don't know at that age, if you were thinking about being a strong woman in a male-dominated area and, and you know, rising up the ranks, but you're an yeah, inspirational sure. story. Well, 
I'm not sure how I did that, except for I will tell you that when I played basketball in high school, I was the leading scorer in the Maryland, D.C. and Virginia area. I averaged like 26 points a game. I was in lived in Northern Virginia. And I went to basketball camps in the summer, but I went to the guys' camps. So I played against the guys all the time. So that helped me at the Naval Academy. If you go to a military school like that and you play sports, it definitely helps. And then, you know, having, having just played against guys all the time, be able to, you know, they think that you're not going to be able to make the shot and have it swish right in their face, you know, those kinds of things I liked doing. <laughs> so that gave me confidence, I think. It gave me the confidence to, to I knew how to get along with guys. Which I, I got to imagine in those early stages, you were getting outside of your comfort zone then, getting onto the court with the guys having probably the conversations and the, I'll say the smack talk with guys to learn the language, to learn the posturing and, and how they um, kind of relate to each other. You know, you were a bit of an outsider, but you found your way in. Right. Um, and I that... Think, I think what helped too is my, when I first started playing basketball, I was in third grade and I hid behind the defense because I didn't want the ball. I was terrified. Um, my father, and I wrote a tribute to my parents. Um, I gave it to them back in like, I don't know when it was, 2005. But I really appreciate what he did and, and becoming a parent and working. And it made me even realize even more what he did because he spent a lot of his weekends teaching me basketball, teaching me how to do a hook shot, how to do a layup. He saw potential in me that I didn't see, and he helped me get that confidence. So I really attribute a lot of it to him and to my ability to be coached because sometimes people are not good at being coached, like are not good at taking that advice, are not coachable, and I, and I feel like I was. So that, that, that helped me as well. Yeah. See, I'm 4'11", so basketball was never in my plans. <laughs> I'm, I'm the gnat that runs around the court just to confuse everyone. <laughs> Don't give... Point guard, though. <laughs> I was never like, give me the ball. It was just, let me annoy you until you, you know, you, you give the ball up. <laughs> yeah, basketball was not my thing. So you mentioned about your perspective of retirement as being a graduation. I, I listened to an episode of yours where you talked about that, and I really thought that was an interesting perspective. How did you come to it? You know, I need to go back into my notes and figure that out. But, you know, I think, I think it was because people kept saying, Emily, you are too young to retire. And I thought, well people have this connotation of retirement means you're going home and you're sitting in an easy chair and you're watching TV all day or something. And that's not what I'm going to do. And I talked about it in my retirement speech or my graduation speech. And actually what I said was a couple of reasons why I wanted to call it a graduation. When you're, when you work for the federal government, you get a lot of training and I was always going to class. And my mother would say, Emily, you're in class again. When are you ever going to be trained <laughs> to do your job? And so I remember at my graduation telling her, well, mom, 
I'm finally trained. They're letting me graduate, <laughs> you know? So, but I looked at it as I'm moving on to bigger and better things. And so I wanted to change the name of it. And that's why I called it a graduation. I really felt like I was graduating. I finally learned so enough that I could go find myself again and, and do something else. Well, it, it's funny. I, I didn't know that you were going to talk about the training, but that is something that I've thought of is we go through our professional career and it probably has some twists and turns in it. You know, maybe we've gone to college to train us to do something and maybe we're still doing it or we've made a twist or turn. Um, but we do get this training. We do get these skills. We build we kind of, in the counseling world, we like to talk about our toolbox, and we are able to put more in our toolbox. But we don't stop once we leave that job. We find new places to use our tools, um, new challenges to, to figure out and do problem solving. Um, and so I, I, I thought about that with the graduation reference that we're just looking for more places to use what we've learned. Right. That's exactly it. And I think having worked for the Navy for 38 years, and those 38 years I count my time in the Naval Academy, and the last 15 was doing small business stuff. The last of those 15, three was in, you know, my final job was I did it for three and a half years. And by then I think I was just ready to do something other than the Navy to do something the, the ch there were definitely challenges in my job. It was really hard. It was really challenging, but a lot of times it was the same challenges every year. You know, I knew when like we were going to have Congress was going to pass new laws or when, you know, I would have to go talk to somebody on the Hill about, you know, the, my opinion on some of the laws or give my input. And it was just kind of the same thing year after year. So I really wanted to do something completely different from with my life. And I was fortunate enough to be able to do it at, at, at age 56. But I also didn't leave working for the federal government because I wanted to earn my retirement. So I stayed so that I could earn my retirement, um, kind of a little risk adverse in that way. So, and then I, then I figured, you know, look, I've got so much more time to live and I wanna do different things. And that's what I like about what I'm doing now. Like I'm learning so much about doing my own website, doing my own podcasting, uh, learning more about social media, learning how to lead a retreat, you know? So a lot of the stuff that I learned in the government is helping. I put on conferences, the retreat is similar. Right. I mentored people all the time. So coaching is very similar to that. So everything I've learned, I'm applying, but I'm still, you know, faced with challenges every day that are new and exciting. And I can work out when I want. And, and actually I posted something on LinkedIn the other day. I said, you know, I was working over the weekend and I thought to myself, I've got a tough boss. And then I realized that boss is me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if, if I'm working too hard, it's only because of me. And I, and, and so, I can't blame it on anybody else. So um, that's what I like about it is I can go hiking when I want. I can, you know, spend time with my parents, which is something that I really wanted to do when I graduated. I have more time with my kids. So, and I don't have to have my, you know, be in a desk job from nine to five or seven in the morning till seven at night. I don't have to do that. I can control my own schedule. That's 
of the main thing, one of the big things I like, learning and controlling my own schedule. Sign me up, please. <laughs> I, I have a few years, but I'm looking forward to those benefits. Yeah. It, to me, um, again, I'm a counselor, so sometimes I go into that counselor mode, and I, I'm really someone who's interested in human development. My area tends to be on the younger side, but it also makes me think, like, we develop throughout our life. But we, as a society, put more emphasis on the younger development. You know, our, our infant years, our transition from adolescence to, uh, to adulthood, um, maybe parenthood. But once that happens, no one talks about the rest. Right. There, there's not a lot of books on retirement that aren't financial. Right. Uh, but how do we, you know, like prepare people? How do we get them to think about this phase in their life and to have positive, kind of a positive mindset about it, to set out on a journey to have more of those controls? Have you sensed any of this since you're going through it? Yeah, I have a little bit. And I had a friend, one person that's in my Don't Keep Your Day Job listening group, Betsy Heaney. She is, I think she's 66, and she is a school teacher. She teaches art, um, and she is getting ready to retire, although she's not quite ready yet. And she's really struggling with being an elder. And she does. She has a podcast called Elder and Wiser, and she talks a lot about that, um, about how we still have something left to give back. We still have something to learn and we still have something we can share. And so she, she, she clearly has been struggling with that in her mind and interviews a lot of people about that. Um, and I've thought about that. Maybe that's something that I can do with my coaching. Okay. You know, one of, one of the things I offer right now with my coaching, I, I mean, I, when I retired, graduated, I took like three months off. I really focused on my podcast and then I, I just took some time off now, just now I'm starting to put together some of my offerings for coaching. Um, one of them is like helping people figure out how to make more time for self-care, how to make more time in their day. So for, needed. Yeah, that for things that they really want to do but can't get done. Because people look at me and say, Emily, how'd you, how do you do all that you do? How do you get it all done? And so that's one of, that's the first offering I have out there. But I think another one I should do is, you know, planning for retirement and it, and it isn't just financial because if you focus just on that, then you're missing out on a, on a lot of things that you need to think about when you retire. And I, that financial piece just is so strong. Everyone's worried about, you know, being able to take care of themselves. But I, I think what's uh, missing or that missing piece is purpose, that yes. how they originally saw themselves as purposeful is not in their path anymore. So what is my purpose? Yeah. And I, I think there are some interesting, you know, thoughts behind that of what do you want your purpose to be? You know, there are people who go more towards family. They want to be that grandparent and to be a fa more family than they could do when they maybe had their full-time job and to, to fill that purpose. And there's people who want their hobbies to kind of rise to the top and be more purposeful for them. Um, some people find second careers. Right. Um, but I think that that purpose part is something that's also innate in us. 
um, doing, I have done some research on menopause, a f- mm-hmm. former former job that I had, and um, it was interesting, the, the cultural aspect of menopause and women and finding that there is a new purpose for us, even biologically, um, after menopause happens, and tapping into that and accepting it and, you know, moving forward and, and rising up with it is right. really um, what we should be doing. Right, exactly. And, you know, I'm able to retire, but I I bought a condo for, I think it was $134,000. Okay. okay. And I had some things fixed up in it, definitely. I put a lot of money fixing it up. But so I'm retired, but I'm not, I don't have, you know, things aren't a priority for me. I have a cozy home with two with two bedrooms and a and a uh, a study and a family room and a dining room and a kitchen. That's all I need. It's a condo, so I can come and go as I please. I don't have to worry about getting the grass cut. So that's part of the financial piece is not how much money do I have and do I have oodles so I can travel and do all this other stuff. It's got you got to figure out what really makes you happy and. For me, I don't need to spend a ton of money to be happy in retirement. Right. Like something else to think about. And it's setting those priorities. You know, what's really important to me? What do I want to make sure I have time for, money for, flexibility for? Right. And I think, well, I think part of the thing is one of the ways I'm able to save money is I'm not going to travel a ton. I traveled all the time in my last <laughs> job and so I'm sick of getting on a plane and so that's part of that I love just being at home so understanding what you like and what you want to do is something to think about when you're graduating definitely so I know you're not too far away from your graduation date but is this turning out to be what you were expecting it or have things already changed for you it's turning out like how I had planned. I, I had said in my graduation presentation and uh, in that podcast that I think you listened to that I wanted to have more time with my parents. They had just retired like two years before me. So my dad's 85 now, almost 86. My mom is 76. And they live like five minutes from me. So I've had them over for dinner a few times. I've been to their house for breakfast. My mom and I are taking a pottery class together. We love it. We're make, We're learning how to throw pots um so that's really fun we're making a lot of christmas presents um, i've been hiking with my mom i just went this past weekend with my parents and my brother's three kids age like eight ten and eleven um hiking um and stayed at a lodge on a lake um i've been to like every monday night is a movie night where they have at this theater downtown where i live they have um, a movie that was like maybe at the Sundance Film Festival or something like that that you go and watch and then they have a discussion afterwards. So I've been able to do a lot of fun things like that. I've been exercising more. I'm, I joined the local YMCA, so I swim a lot. Um, but I'm also able to do my podcasting and my business, but it doesn't really feel like work because, it, you know, it just like my previous job, it didn't really feel too much like work because it gave me a sense of purpose and I was passionate about it. And when you find something that you really like that much, that much, it's not really work. And I'm able to spend more time with my children too, which I'm enjoying. Yeah. Oh. All right. So I have recently listened to some information about 
talking to our past selves and talking to our future selves. And typically you ask someone who's like 15, what, what are you going to look like in 10 years? Or you ask someone who is 25 what you wish your 15-year-old self knew. So I'm going to ask you, what do you wish you knew 10 years ago? Or what would you have told yourself 10 years ago? Well, 10 years ago um, was a really, you know, I, I, like I said, I've been through three divorces and I've been through some tough times too with my children. My son is 26. Uh, three years ago, he became sober and he had been addicted to drugs and alcohol for 10 years from age 13 to age 23. I interviewed him on one of my podcast episodes. And my daughter has anxiety. So I think 10 years ago, he would have been, oh my gosh, 16. Oh my gosh, it was an awful time. And then my <laughs> daughter would have been 13. Tough times with my two children. And, but I had confidence in them. So I think I would be telling myself, they're going to make it. And I knew that back then, but now I know it even more because they have. But that that's what I would have told myself just keep going keep believing in them because I saw in them more than they could see in themselves and I had faith in them and we made it to the other side so I'm so thankful for that that's an amazing message that's an amazing message for anyone to hear like you you had that mother's instinct that that mother's gut that says you know I I've got faith in them and and uh, to continue having that. And now you know that that faith was right. Yeah, and they just have so, I'm just so proud of them. They both have so much integrity. They both overcome so many challenges in their lives. Um, and I love them both so much. So <laughs> yeah, I just, to, just to know we all, all three of us made it to, on the other side of all that uh, trauma and tough times is good to know. Yeah. I did listen to the episode with your son. You do seem to have a special relationship with him. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another one with my daughter and a, a friend of mine on anxiety. Okay. And I'm working on another one with my daughter about um, some illnesses that she has. But um, we just haven't had time to record it. But, yeah, mm -hmm. I have got a special relationship with both of them. And I'm so thankful for mm -hmm. both of my kids. So what would you tell yourself 10 years from now? Uh, 10 years from now? So when I'm 66, what would I tell myself then? Uh, I would tell, I would, um, I'm, I would say, you know, that at 66, I'm, I'm going to have accomplished quite a bit in the next 10 years. I've got goals and I'm going to achieve them. So at 66, I would have achieved, achieved my goals and I'll be really happy. I mean, not that I'm not happy now, but I'll be proud of myself um, because I will have achieved my goals, not just financially, but also for my podcast, for helping more people, for coaching people, and probably Oh, well, I kind of are, I am already a grandmother because my son has a girlfriend and they're really close and they have a, a, a three-year-old. It's it, He's not the biological okay. dad, but he's the dad. Yeah. So I'll be even more of a grandparent by then. That's what I'll say too. All right. <laughs> and I know my listeners can't see your face, but through this whole answer, you've been smiling. 
Um, so I can tell you have some really positive thoughts about what these next 10 years are going to bring you. Definitely. Interview me in 10 years on your podcast. Will do. <laughs> Add me to your schedule. I think it's an interesting concept to, you know, at this time, at our age, to ask what's 10, you know, what's my myself going to be like in 10 years? Where do I see that? And then actually to take that back and go, okay, you know what 10 years is going to look like. Now start start doing it now. Right. You know, you... right. And, and a big thing about making it 10 more years is taking care of my health and not just, I think, you know, when I was growing up, the mental health and, you know, spiritual meditation and all that, that really wasn't valued as it is now. And I think that when we talk about health, it's not just, you know, looking great in a bathing suit. That's not right. health. <laughs> it's, but I really, eliminating stress or significantly reducing, I think some stress is good for you in your, in your life, but not a ton. So that's another reason why I retired. My job was just so stressful and life is short. And guess what? I left the job and the office didn't fall apart, right? Right. Things are still going. The guy, the person that took my job, he hasn't even called me. He's fine. So we <laughs> think that we're indispensable and life's going to fall apart if we, you know, if we move on or if we do something else. No. So the only person that cares about you you know, as much as you would like is you, you have to be the one to care about yourself because no one else re really has your back. Like you have your own back. Right. So. You need to look out for yourself. You yes. definitely do. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you've started on this graduation journey. You've made some changes and decisions in your life. Is there anything that kind of helped you get to this place? Any type of tips or resources or anything that you would suggest other people who may be preparing for this journey or, or maybe in it and kind of floundering a little bit? Yeah, um, I would say a couple things that I, several thing, resources that I used. One was, I think that what really started me down this path was in 2014, I went to an event called the World Domination Summit. And I went with a friend of mine. She's like, you want to go to the World Domination Summit? I had no idea what it was, but it was in Portland, Oregon. And I liked that show, Portlandia. So I said, yeah, I'll go. I want to see Portland. <laughs> so we went. But it's it's um, was started by a guy named Chris Gillibo. And you could put it in your show notes. But this year, actually, I think it's sold out. It's the last year. He's decided to stop at 10. So next June will be the last year. But I've taken my son. And I'm hoping to take my son and daughter this next year. But that is a bunch of people who want to live a like kind of a a non-conforming uh, life in a con kind of a conforming world. You know, it's people that are podcasters, that are bloggers. You know, not to, people that are kind of not the kinds of people that I run into when I worked in the military. Not that it's good or bad, but it's like, wow, these are really my people. Uh, you know, I just stayed in the military for so long and working for the military. I didn't run into people that were like location independent. Maybe part of it is just the way the computers are changing our lives. Right. But, you know, then that that's when I saw Kathy Heller speak um, a couple years ago at the World Domination Summit. Okay. 
then I started listening to her podcast, Don't Keep Your Day Job. So that's a resource that has really helped give me confidence to just keep going when sometimes I feel like, who who am I to start a podcast or whatever? So her podcast has helped me as well as that listening group that I'm in. And then what I did in order to learn how to podcast is I started following Pat Flynn. He's a fabulous. He's really good. He's got two podcasts, Smart Passive Income and Ask Pat. And I took his podcasting class. So he is really uh, full of um, resources that can help. Then the other thing that I did, and so I really worked hard my final year in my job before I graduated. And uh, I did basically two jobs. I started my podcast started thinking about my coaching business, kind of figured out where I was going to, what I was going to do when I retired. So I also took this 16 week class by Jenny Shi, S-H-I-H, and it's called Make It Work Online. And it was all about how to set up an online business, you know, get your website right, get your bookkeeping right, get your, um, what they call it, copyright, you know, your, your, your words that are on your website, how to really reach out to the audience that you want to reach. Um, and, 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 um, so I listened to her, she has some podcast, she doesn't podcast anymore, but I took that class. So I invested in myself, which was really something that was kind of hard for me to grasp because having been in the military, you know, the taxpayers paid for my education at the Naval Academy. I didn't have to pay for my master's degree that was paid for by my employer. And same with all the courses that I took. And so I never had to put money out, you know, to spend money on myself. And I, Jenny, she's class was expensive. I mean, it was a little less than $10,000. I'm like, why am I spending this much money on myself? But I talked about it with my roommate from the Naval Academy. And we both thought, you know, if our kid asked for some money to go to a class or we thought something was really good, there would be no thought yes i want to invest in you so why don't we invest in ourselves right and so i stopped thinking of it as spending money and i started thinking of it as investing in myself so i have invested quite a bit more in myself than i have been making since i started my business but that's something that you kind of have to do so that kind of describes a little bit of of my journey and it was a lot of work to get to be able to publish seven podcast episodes on the day I, I graduated or the day after and to get my business going. But I know in the long run, it's going to, to pay off. I'll be able to help a lot of people and, um, you know, earn some money doing it. Yeah. I love the message about investing in yourself. Cause I think, you know, we get to graduation and you don't really think about more training. Yeah. You're kind of, you know, thinking about maybe winding down. But this is a great opportunity where your time, you know, is a bit freer and flexible. That you can um, just think about you. Right. And be selfish. Right. <laughs> it feels good. Yeah. And I, I like to relate that investing in you in self-care. We yeah. don't always put that in the same category, but it is self-care. It is inspiring. It's, it's re-energizing. It's pushing you forward. Um, so it, it is an important part of self-care and investing in yourself and giving yourself permission to spend that money on you. 
No, I, I definitely agree. The, the one thing to be careful of, though, for the listeners is to not you not keep signing up for classes and not and then if what could happen is you keep signing up for classes you keep taking these classes and then you don't go do what you've learned true you can use the class as an excuse to not have to produce your podcast or i need one more training i need one more training i need one more training and just this past month i i, I did sign up for two other training classes one's how to make um, a class, one is how to make a, um, a course, an automated okay. course, you know, an online course. And I just don't have time to do it. So you got to be careful that you don't sign up for, for too much. I mean, I'll get to it, but not as soon as I thought I would. And you start to realize too, that you already know enough to go out and do. I probably could have put, with all my 38 years of training in the military, I could have put my own course together. Did I need to invest that in myself? I don't know. So that's just something to be aware of. You don't want to be a professional class taker. You've got to start doing. And I, and Kathy Heller's really good at, you know, inspiring you to just do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Right. Put yourself out there. You're going to learn as you go. And it's okay. Right. So, right. yeah, very. Cool. Yep, I had my website up on the day I retired, the day I graduated, and I've made an update to it. So the, my first website, I wouldn't have been too happy about it. But when you talk to Pat, listen to Pat Flynn on his podcast, he's like, don't go listen to my very first episode because he's got th over a thousand now. Yeah. He's like, it was terrible. And it wasn't that bad, but he, but he learned. The only way you can learn is to put yourself out there and just keep working to improve. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm, at the point where I've got to start building my website and that's what my task is for this coming month and I am just like waiting till the month starts because <laughs> I I know I, I'm not a website builder that's not my area everyone tells me you can figure it out it's not that difficult but it's just jumping in and being outside of my comfort zone and just going for it. I agree. I, I started my website on WordPress and then I, Sam Kimberly, who that's how we met through right. her. She recommended this web developer whom I hired. So there's, but, but what I like about her is she, did some stuff to my website, but she taught me how to do it. Yes. So now I know how to do it. Now I have spent probably 10 or more hours with her because sometimes things get a little too complex and I don't know how to do it. Like I want to add this button or I want to move this or I want to add, um, one thing she helped me with is the ability to add a link to my podcast page so that if people want to be a guest, they click on be a guest and it connects to Calendly, which is connected to my website. So these are all things I've learned how to do, but she, so, you know, sometimes you have to hire somebody and invest a little bit, but she taught me how to fish. She didn't just give me the fish and, you know, do it for me or whatever. Again, you know, investing in people who can help you invest in yourself. Yes, definitely. That is something that is important you and then if you're like me you make it worse than it really is harder than it really is and when you once you sit down and focus it's like oh i could have started this in october yes. and i waited to november <laughs> <laughs>
I, I have a feeling that's what's going to happen. So, all right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up, but I want to give you a chance to let my listeners know how they can find you, how they can listen to you, because I do think that you have some great podcast episodes out there. You've got some great information to share with my listeners. So please let us know where we can find you. Sure. My podcast is the Onward Podcast. So if you just uh, Google Onward Podcast, wherever you listen to podcast, it'll show up. And it features authentic conversations on facing adversity and moving forward. Um, And on social media, it's just Onward Podcast. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, um, and Facebook. And you can also find me on LinkedIn, uh, just Emily Harmon. I do um, post quite a bit on LinkedIn. And my website is emilyharmon.com. And that's H-A-R-M-A-N. Perfect. And I will put all that information in the show notes too. So if they miss that, they can get it. Emily, thank you so much for sitting down with me tonight. I really appreciate it. And I've learned a lot and been inspired to kind of keep going and to see life as more possibilities and opportunities. So exciting. Take advantage of every of every moment. It really is exciting. Thank you, Meredith. I really enjoyed being on your podcast. Well, thank you. And I just want to thank the listeners for uh, checking me out today. And I will see you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Finding Myself. If you like what you heard, please leave a review. If you have a question or a suggestion, feel free to email me at findingmyselfpodcast at gmail.com. I also invite you to be part of our Finding Myself community on Facebook. There you will have access to more resources, more suggestions, more information, and the opportunity to be part of discussions. Please meet us back here next time.